You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, John Francois Sibieski is joining me on the line. He's an ethnobotanist, and we've been discussing all kinds of plants that have got healing properties, how to at least start farming them for yourself if you want to, and how to use them and what properties that they actually have. Is it true or is it just a fable? Uh, do some of these really work, don't they? So today, our focus is on ginger and lemon and Mflonyane. So uh, lots of you, this conversation around Mflonyane and Lingana has been happening for a while. So we're going to dispel whatever it is that is maybe a myth or actually give them their their sun in the, their, their, their spot in the sun. So, John, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Hi, Pimelo. Thanks for having me back on the show. So what is it about Mflonyane? What is it about Lingana that has got everybody praising it as much as they're praising it? Well, I mean, Mflonyane um, or Artemisia Afra Pimelo has been used for millennia, I would probably say, for millennia in some African healing traditions um, to treat colds and flus and infections. So we definitely know that it does have, have uses for that. Um, and the way that the plant has been used has been numerous ways. Um, in the Zulu tradition, in the Corsa Zulu traditions, they, you would footer with it, you know, steaming with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could take the, the, the leaves fresh or dried and then steam with it to unblock the nose and to, to un, you know, as a, as a, for respiratory infections. Um, or you can make a tea out of it. It's very good for cleansing the parasites from the digestive system. So just drinking a tea, you know, uh, on occasion. It's not a medicine you take every day because, <clears throat> Pimelo, this uh, medicine, it's a strong, it's quite a strong medicine. So you don't take it every day. It's only when you have an infection. Um, so, you know, it's like most plant medicine. You have to know what kind of medicine you're dealing with and what condition. Like, just because it's a plant medicine doesn't mean you take it all the time. So, Jean, does it mean it's, it's not a preventative kind of plant? It's rather a treatment plant? It's a treatment plant, but you can use it specifically for um, some people who go into uh, malaria areas. It is yes. advised, it is, it is used as a preventive for malaria if you're going into oh. that area. Okay. So people can make a strong decoction, like a 3 mil de- decoction, which is a long boiled tea, and they can drink that, and it does um, have um, effects against the malaria uh, organisms. So you can use it as a preventative um, in those kind of cases. So, what, what are the properties? Is it is it what is it? Oh, you said many. respiratory. It yeah, comes so with respiratory yeah. abilities. Yeah. Yes, Pamela. Um, so it's very much like, um, in a way, it's a bit like like eucalyptus. Like um, it's very menthol. It's got like menthol and camphor uh, type of uh, volatile oils. So it's decongestant. Okay. So that's why tra- people use it traditionally for steaming with it. Mm-hmm. Um, even I've, I remember a lecturer telling me how you know he was often said that people would put it up the nose, even you know, like, mm. like uh, <laughs> I would not do that because it's pretty uncomfortable for me. But um, people would uh, can roll the leaves and put it into the nose to decongest the sinuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, so it's got antimicrobial um, actions. It's it's very good for stomach infections. Uh, it's basically an anti-infective plant. You can okay. you can just think of it as anti-infective plant. Okay, so the combination uh-huh. between ginger and lemon. Let's maybe do that separately, and then we'll talk about yes. the combination of all the three. Ginger and exactly. lemon, a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> exactly, um, um Ginger has had a long history as a medicine. Um, they actually call ginger the universal medicine in Indian medicine, uh, which is called Ayurveda. So the universal medicine, and they call it that because 
It is um, firstly very good for killing stomach bugs or infections like dysentery or gastro. So people can carry the dried ginger with them in their medical um, chest or uh, medical aid kit when they're traveling. It's really good for gastro, to prevent gastro, because it has um, properties that are antimicrobial. Yeah, So it's very good for that, and it's as effective as Western medicines for this. Um, you can, uh, like I said, you can keep it in a medical, uh, in your medical chest, mm-hmm. and the dry ginger. It's very good for improving digestion generally, so it's a digestive um, tonic. Mm-hmm. So um, if you take a small piece of dry ginger before a meal or drink some ginger tea, it'll help your digestion of your meal. If you, if you battle with digestion, yes. you know, it's a really good digestive tonic. Okay. Um, it's also very good um, in winter, especially because it's a warming plant. You know, it's that pungent. Like we talked about pungent plants last yeah. week and warming. It's really good for circulation. So ginger and lemon combined is excellent for circulation for people who've got like circulatory problems like chillblains. You know, in a cold hands mm, or cold feet. Mm. It's a really good tonic for that. Um, that circulatory um, action together with being antimicrobial and having very high amounts of zinc. I think we mentioned this on the show before. It's got lots of zinc in it, so it makes it ideal for colds and flus. Uh, so it's, it's like it is a medicine. So if you think about it, you know, what is a medicine? A medicine is something that improves your healing responses and helps to kill bad pathogens or and disease-causing microbes, and that's exactly what ginger does. It has volatile oils in it, which kill microbes, and it's got high amounts of zinc, which, you know, people go and buy zinc when they've got a cold and flu, but what you can do is you can, you can eat ginger, Instead, you know, and save money. So, so tell, <laughs> tell me about this lemon. I mean, is lemon a hoax or is lemon really that good? No, lemon is an <laughs> underrated pinello. I'm telling you, you know, I love lemon. I like the lemon tree so much because it's like a bright tree. It's just like vibrant, you know. Like I've always wanted a lemon tree by my by my house or, you know, unfortunately I don't have one yet, but it's, it's just an amazing plant. But lemons are very underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, when I looked into the research on the lemon, the lemon itself and what it contains, it contains a lot of uh, plant or phytochemicals called flavonoids. Okay. Now, these chemicals, this particular class of chemicals, this group of chemicals, these plant chemicals, what they do is that they actually <clears throat> are very good for preventing heart disease, and they actually help to strengthen the veins and arteries in the body. So they actually are preventative for heart disease. So if you, if you eat, and what I learned is, Pinella, is when you squeeze that lemon, mm-hmm. try and get also the fiber, the pith, the inside, you know, that white, mm-hmm. the, eat that as much as possible because the flavonoids are in there also, mm-hmm. in the juice and in the pulp. And so when you eat that pulp, you're actually preventing your heart from getting sick. And the so peel, what's in the peel? There's talk about the peel itself as well. Yes, so so the peel's got also um, volatile oils. um, But, you know, I'm I'm very reluctant usually to to, to eat the peel or use peels of commercial fruit because you don't know what's been sprayed or how much much is in there still. But um, the juice of it, you know, the whole plant has got got different properties. So the the, the peel's got the essential oils, the orange essential oils, which are stimulating um, the... And for me, the medicine re- is um, for everyday users. Is the is the inside is the, the juice and those that pith that that uh, fiber. Because mm-hmm. the fiber helps to make brain uh, brain structures, brain neurons. It's amazing what plant food actually does, you know, in the body. But that those um, flavonoids also um, in clinical studies have been shown to kill cancer cells. Yes. So there's two. One is called ir- iriocitrin, and another one's called hesperidin. 
And in clinical studies and test tube studies, they've actually shown that these plant components uh, kill cancer cells. So you can actually eat lemons as a preventative anti-cancer food. Mm. So, you know, it's good for the heart. It's good for your veins. It's anti-cancer and it's a liver tonic. Okay. And, um, yeah. Uh, uh, let's just take some calls and, and voice notes before yeah. we start talking Perfect. about planting these. 0891 as well as your WhatsApp can, can come through on 0614-104-4107. Uh, there's a voice note. There's a comment here for you, Jean. Let's just take a listen. Greetings, Pimela. This is Nzobi in Cape Town. When you talk about Umshonyani... I grew up using umshonyani. Those are the herbs. Those are the natural herbs that uh, we as Africans use it to cure ourselves, use it to cleanse ourselves. Umshonyani, I'm using it when I'm, I'm having a fever, a cold and a flu, and a flu. I'm using umshonyani. I'm using umshonyani each and every time. When you talk about lemon, I'm drinking lemon, I'm washing with lemon. It cleans my skin. Those are the herbs that you find in Africa, and I'm using it. And I'm using it. I'm happy. Long live Mshonyane. Long live Mshonyane. Jean, okay, so we can't travel. Ordinarily, I would get onto a car and maybe go somewhere, uh, you know, back home and, and get uh, the plant to plant for myself. It's not quite possible now. We can't move between provinces. Some of us can't do that. So, if I had to go to the nursery, what do I ask for if I want to plant umflonyane for myself? Um, well, some nurseries, indigenous nurseries, you can find umflonyane. Um, um, you know, so you, you can just then, it's a very easy plant. If you have a small plant, it's quite easy to grow yeah. in, uh, in, uh, in the garden. It's just like most plants, it just needs well-drained, fertile soil. Um, but it is very prolific. So when I take people on, on tours, because I do medicinal plant tours, mm. um, in the south of Johannesburg, for example, I actually, there's lots growing around, but you have to know the spots. Yes. So on the walks, I often, we, there's a lot of Umkrinyani um, there in the south of Joburg where I go for my walks. Um, and if people are interested, they can look at my website. But basically, I teach people, like in the south, you can literally just take a handful, you know, or cut some because it's sustainable. You're not killing the plant. Yes. You're just taking the top plant. And then, you know, you dry it and then you use it as, as and when. But, I mean, I, I want to now talk about planting it and what would be the favorable right. conditions if you had to do that for right. yourself at home. So it's a bush felt, yeah, it's a bush felt plant. So mm. um, it, it, it doesn't, it's very, not, it's not very energy um, water intensive. So mm. you don't need to water it that much. Mm-hmm. It's quite a hardy plant. And that's the nice thing about our indigenous plants is that um, they're very hardy, you know. So I would say um, sandy, sandy, um, half sand, half loam kind of mixture. Okay. Um, water it maybe twice a week and then it should, and it needs full sun. It's a full sun plant. Okay. You'll find it growing in the bush in full sun. All right. So it's pretty easy. Yeah. Are there variants of the plant? Yes. So um, what's interesting is when I was, my teacher taught me that um, the African wormwood, as a matter of interest, one very important use that most people don't realize is that my teacher taught me that, I asked her one day, what do you give to someone who's very angry? Um, uh, mama, I used to call her mama, my teacher. And uh, she told me, umkrunyani. So what happens is that these plants, the bitter plants, like umkrinyani, what they do is they have a tonic effect on the liver. Mm-hmm. And even in Chinese medicine, they also believe the same, that bitter plants cool the liver and then that cools your mood, it cools your mind. <laughs> so it's very, very, very good. Nice. It's a very good tonic to, 
to, to, to do that. And so around the world, there's different varieties which are used for these purposes. In Chinese medicine, there's Artemisia annu, the Chinese. They look a little bit different. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's, what's concerning is that in the beginning of lockdown, there was an article in one of the newspapers, and um, I addressed them, and they actually never responded to me. But they actually put the wrong picture of yes. the wrong plant. It was completely not Artemisia at all. Yes. And they talked about Artemisia, and I was like, Hello, this is not the right plant. Mm. So people can misidentify plants. So you have to be, my advice is, do not try and identify plants yourself if Mm. you don't know for sure. Rather, ask an expert, you know. You can poison yourself very easily. If you think you have Ulkunyan and you don't, so just be very careful of that. Don't ever pick plants if you don't 100% sure. But the, the, um, Pimela, to answer your question, the the Asian plants, you get an Asian variety, the Chinese variety, which is for malaria. They mm-hmm. use it for malaria and fevers. They're all used for fevers. So they're, bitter, they're all bitter. Uh, you get the European um, Artemisia vulgaris or mugwort, mugwort which is a powerful um, plant uh, teacher, plant spirit teacher, um, they call it. So it makes you dream a lot and it was used in... Um, in salty gridism, et cetera. And then you, you have the African one, you know. So And there's different varieties. So there's, there's three that's, varieties I know. That's very important because just like um, you would have the different varieties of sage in Beepo, you know, from one region looking different that's, to another region, yeah. that's sort of the kind of thing. So if you are in where we are now in Gauteng, it may not look exactly the same as maybe if you're in KZN. Am, am I correct? Um, the South African ones look quite characteristic, like they the one thing about Artemisia here, our African one, it's very chemically variable. Mm-hmm. So this is a point for people who want to farm and make products from it. it the Umkringani on this hill it can be very different to the Umkringani chemically on the other hill. Okay. So she's very, she's very fickle and volatile yes. <laughs> as a personality as a plant. Yes. You know, I like to equate plants with personalities because it's, uh, it's just how I am. Yeah. But, would mm. would would they respond differently to a different? So if I then picked one from KZN and I wanted to plant it here in my home in Gauteng, would it respond yes. the same or, or not? Would it not adapt very easily? Um, I think any plant that you take from one place to another place, it it, it will change its chemistry depending on on how much it changes in its environment. It's mm. in a new environment. So if yeah. it's more sunny or less sunny, it will change. Uh, plants are respond to the environment very intelligently. You know, so. If the, if the soil is different, the chemistry will change. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But the general purpose, the general use will be the same. You know. right. Okay, yeah. let's take the voice note. There's a voice note uh, for you, Jean. Great. Hi, good day, Pomelo. It's Selvan Gamda. I'd just like to find out from the doctor, in the English meaning, what is uh, the herb, Umshlawani? I'd just like to educate myself so... I can use the herb uh, for myself and my family. Just want to find out exactly what is the herb uh, or the herb plant umshaloni in the English term. Thank you. Hi, Pamelo. It's really here in Kumaskil Fountain. Could you please ask your guest uh, about um, uh, what's this? Penerate uh, and, uh, and the pepper boom uh, being mixed with lengana. Uh, Thank you very much. All right, Sean. What what is the English term for Mthonyan? Uh African wormwood is the English term African? that we use. Uh, wormwood. Wor- so it's called wormwood. Wor- wormwood. It's called wormwood because it actually gets rid of parasites and worms from your body. It's ah. one of its primary uses. Yeah. All right. So that's that's an interesting one. African wormwood. 
African worm wood. Okay. The combination with that and a pepper worm, he says, that, that was the second I, yeah, I didn't hear his, uh, didn't hear the second call very well. He, he was asking a combination of with and which one? Pepper um, worm. Sorry. Pepper worm. Pepper worm. I, I, oh. I have no idea. I'm uh, just, I'm he just might be referring to uh, Waburja, which is Isibacha. Okay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's called pepper bark. I'm not sure if he's referring to that. But there's a lot of plants that are called pepper worm, pepper bush. Oh, I but see. But the pepper tree yes. uh, is, is a very powerful antimicrobial, and it makes sense because they use it for TB and pneumonia in South Africa. Oh. Um, yeah, so you, you, I'm thinking as a herbalist, you can... Mix the two. Um, you could probably mix the two and you get a very powerful combination. Okay, uh, so, antimicrobial. so what you're yeah. saying is that these generally also assist with um, a respiratory conditions as well, so it could easily work. Absolutely, absolutely. So you can use African wormwood as a steaming, like I said, for opening up the chest, mm-hmm. you know, decongesting the chest if you've got a tight chest, especially like with COVID, I suppose. Yeah. Eh? They say that it's very, very tight-chested symptoms. So you can open up the chest with it, uh, drink it, and there's no harm in using, um, I can tell you offhand, there's no harm in using Omplignani if you have COVID, because it, it fights, COVID is a flu, uh, a flu uh, virus, right? Yeah. So you would only be benefiting by using it. Yeah. You wouldn't harm yourself yes. by using it. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because that's where some of the um, indigenous plants get a bad uh, rap. And you said it yourself to say, if you're not careful and you identify the wrong plant, you can easily poison yourself. So sure. is, there a, is there a point where or a condition you should never, ever use it for? Uh, which, which plant? Uh, Mkhonyan, Mkhonyan, Mkhonyan. Yes, um, If you're pregnant, so one thing as a herbalist I've learned is that often plants have chemicals which we if you're pregnant you, you don't want to use it because it can cause a lot of uh, not a lot of but some plants can cause abortions you know okay. because they have powerful Strong. chemicals so mm. yeah you don't want like a little bit of ginger is okay with your tea as for for women who are pregnant to to, to deal with nausea you know yes. pregnancy nausea yes. related nausea but the strong plants like umplani definitely i wouldn't recommend if okay. you're pregnant yeah. all right that's a, mm. that's a very imp- important one jimmy you're calling yes. uh, good afternoon oh jimmy good do, afternoon, you, have, no do you have your radio on jimmy no? Okay, no, go ahead. Yeah, yes, how are you? Jimmy from Khobogwan. Oh, Jimmy from Khobogwan. You wanted me to say, uh, Jimmy from Khobogwan, how are you? Um, all, all is well. <laughs> go ahead. Look, the, the, the Lengana in English, hey. it's A-R-T-E-M-I-S-I-A. Say it. That's A-R-T. Yeah, but say at, the, the full word. Atemsia, something like that. It's A-R-T-E-M-I-S-I-A. Is that, is, is that, is that a, an, an English word or a, another, another language? No, it's an English word for, 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 for Langan. Secondly, okay. I wanted to can ask your, your guest there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when you want to remove the, the mucus on your lungs. Yes. How do you combine the plantation? Because I heard that others they are using the, is it what the blue gum, and the guava leaves. Okay, you're you're looking for the combination, the best combination. The best combination. So this is flame you're talking about, inflammation of sorts. Yes. All right, Ajan. Yeah, so just to clarify, the Artemisia afro, those scientific names, they're also called botanical names. Mm-hmm. And so that is, in, well, it's, it's Latin, you, you know, the, so um, 
every plant has its Latin name, like teas. That's what I was asking, because I, I, so, can sh- I can tell you, even though English thinks it's the greatest, some of these names do not come from English. Yeah, so, so I'm just thinking like guava is, the Latin name is Sidium guava, you know, guava. So, so it's so like every plant has got its Latin correct. botanical name. So and I can take the fact English that it's a botanical name, but I, I'm not sure if it's yeah. it's an English name. So Artemisia would be from what Latin or what, where would that what where would that so originally Arte, come so from? So Artemisia afra is the Latin or botanical name. So scientists use those Latin names. Why? Because they it's a power. The power of science is that you can you have one one scientific name to 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 um, point to any. Um, African wormwood that you'll find anywhere, you know, in so there's no confusions because okay. often with vernacular names like Umkrunyani, sometimes like Inguavuma, whatever, can refer to seven, eight different actual plants. Yes. So when you have the scientific name, it's very, it's very strong in that you can never get confusion because mm-hmm. the scientific name is the same all around the world. So um, one plant, um, for example, yarrow. Yarrow is the English name for a, pl- a herb, which we, can, we should talk about because it's a wonderful herb for women, for women's conditions. Its um, uh, scientific or uh, Latin name or botanical name is called um, Achillea millifolium. So, it's, you know, these are scientific names. Um, and then you get your, you know, your other names, whatever they would call it there in, in, the, in the area. Mm. So it's quite an art. But if people want to know more about this, there's a lot of resources. Um, I can I, I do consultations on, on these kind of things. So, so, yeah. so what would you mix Artemisia with? Uh, uh, for the says, mucus, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. mucus. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the mucus because the ginger is actually used um, very much for that when you have the... Um, when you've got like a white phlegm, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you can use, actually, I'm just going to check here. You can dr- use the dried ginger form for that, uh, the dried ginger form. So in the shops, you get some sweets that are 90% sugar and a little bit of ginger. That's not dried ginger. Dried ginger is the ginger glacé or the candy ginger. Um, it's not candy ginger. It's the dried ginger. So you, it's the actual ginger that's coated with sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it in various places like um, checkers, etc. Um, and then you eat a bit of that. That's actually a stronger form than the fresh ginger. So they use oh. it specifically for, for, for phlegmy colds, bronchitis. It's very good. I keep it as a to disinfect my my stomach, I take it always when I go traveling because if you get like a, it's like some bad food and you start getting the you know um, gastro gastric uh, infection, you just chew the ginger and you and you eat the ginger and it can. I actually treated people at the festival Pinello, at a music festival once with just with ginger and people came back to me and said, "Wow, bro, this is the best thing you've given me because my I'm not having runs anymore and it just took it away and it's medicine. It's John, medicine. That's equal as you know. Mike is going to kill me if I don't. Mike, uh, you calling us from Midrand. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Quickly, Mike, for me, please. Okay, man. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, it's just a question, man. Uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, we all grew up with it and stuff like that. Uh, one thing about it is that it's got a distinctive smell. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's on the garden or whether you are boiling it, you can't miss. It's got that smell. Yeah. So I've got um, Klonyan in my house. Mm-hmm. Um and it doesn't have that strong smell of Mkloyane. So am I just, my, my, my question to the guest, to, 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 to the person there is, does that reduce the efficacy or what? Is it not strong enough? Because me, it doesn't have that strong smell as Mkloyane. You know Mkloyane, when yes. you avoid it, yes. it's in every room. Quick, quick know, question, Mike. 
Before, I, I'm, mm. I'm sorry I'm rushing you. We're just running out of time. Quick question. Did you bring it from another province? Because he was talking about how it would act yes, differently in another yes, climate. Yes, I got it from another province. Uh, it's been planted. At my, I've had it now for last year right. uh, from another province. John, is, is that talking to that climate change that uh, it would be yeah. affected by the environment? So it's in the garden. It's not picked. It's no, he says it's planted. in his garden. Uh, so maybe he just needs to fertilize, give it some fertilizer or just maybe some more water, more compost, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, plants, like we said, change. So maybe there is a bit of change in the chemistry of that plant. Yeah. Sean, thank you. This was lovely. Let's talk, sure. let's talk again next week. Great, Pamela. And if people want to learn more about how to use the plant foods as medicine, South African medicine plants, and also visionary shamanic plant medicines, which we must discuss sometime, like ayahuasca, yeah. they can visit my website for more resources. My website is phytoalchemy, phytoalchemy.co.za, and I also offer consultations. Fantastic. Jean, um, thanks, thanks, Pamela. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show. Jean-François really Sobieski is an ethnobotanist, and uh, it is uh, phytoalchemy is the name of the website, phytoalchemy alchemy.co.za for more information. It's 2 o'clock. Let's go to Utsila Saku for the latest in SABC News.